And welcome back. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We are the Turntable Teachers. And class is in session. How you been? It's been uh, it's been good. It's been a while since we've been together recording something yeah. new. It's kind of nice. We let a lot of new music come out, so we have uh, ample stuff to talk about. How about you, man? I'm good. I'm ready to dive into some of this music. I'm super pumped. Uh, no pun intended. So today's going to be a recap of the albums that dropped in February. So kind of similar format to what we did in January when we did um, those albums. So again... Uh, really just trying to dive into these, give you guys our, our feedback on what we thought, uh, listening to these albums, and our scores for them, and then at the end, we'll of course, we'll rank them, mm -hmm. we'll kind of compare to see you know who loved or hated these, or if we had some any kind of unison, which I think there, there, will, there will be, yeah, I have a as there always is. There's going to be a lot of similarities in our bottom three, but I think our top three is going to be interesting, like what order they'll go in. I, I, I agree, I, I agree. Mean, I, I think... Definitely our number ones are probably going to be the same. Considering, our number one's going to be the same. Yeah, considering no what's coming up that. pretty soon. Yes, um, which but, we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, speaking of coming up soon, um, there is an Ariana Grande concert actually tomorrow. Actually, so the day we're recording this in Boston, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a concert that's going to be showing up like right nearby tomorrow. I actually yeah, didn't realize TD Garden, that. actually. I think I remember one of my students saying they were going to go to that. So yep. if they end up listening, shout out whoever you were who said you were going to see Ariana. Hopefully it was good and you can tell me how it was. Yeah, so to jump right into our first uh, album that we're going to review today, uh, we're going to start with Ariana Grande's Thank You Next. So Ariana Grande, uh, her last album, Sweetener, my opinion I thought was maybe one of her most passionate and heartfelt releases. We talked a little bit about that as well on the last yeah. episode with the Grammys mm -hmm. um, and how we were kind of excited that she she did get one. And also that that album sort of had a lot more to address in terms of like, uh, you know, after like her concert bombing in the UK and then like her engagement with Pete yeah, Davidson. She lived through a lot. Yeah, yeah. So that was like more like a really heartfelt release. And even like I even said in the last uh, episode where I thought God Was a Woman was just like a great song for the statement and also that it was sonically pleasing as well. So I, I enjoyed Sweetener. Um, obviously coming into this Thank You Next album, I wasn't 100% sure on how it was going to sound. I had only really listened to the Thank You Next single, which I spoiled, I just didn't care for. Mm -hmm. So I really kind of had maybe low expectations coming into this. I kind of figured it was going to be another just like kind of straightforward cut and dry pop record. Cause that's, I don't, I don't want to say cut and dry because it makes it seem like it's not good, but I kind of felt like Sweetener was really focusing on her pop roots and putting out a, a good listenable pop record. So I kind of thought she would take that success and then double down on it and kind of reuse all of those same ideas but definitely went a different direction than what I originally expected she definitely did sound content I thought it was all sort of a different sort of segue for Ariana I'll just start off with this I I'm torn with this album mm -hmm. I'm very torn because if I'm being honest I you know, I really loved the first half of this quite a bit. Same here. I really did. Um, the second half, though, just falls really flat for me. And I'll get a little more specific as to why. But um, I really liked how she came into this album. Uh, I think Imagine was a fantastic start to it. Her vocal performance is passionate. And it kind of just picks off right where she left off with Sweetener. And I think a lot of these... I think the what I loved the most about the first couple of these tracks uh, thematically is just how vulnerable she is. And how again it's very introspective. Very you know? introspective. I think everything going on in her life. I feel like Ariana's been on this roller coaster of like she had that concert bombing like with before um the Sweetener album, but then she gets engaged to Pete Davidson, so she's kind of like floating back in this, up on like a high. Back on the high. And, and then, then they like fall apart, and then with Mac Miller's passing, it was just kind of a lot all coming at her all at once. hundred percent. So I thought like the vulnerability she showed at the very beginning of this uh, album was really very fantastic and uh, like I said, Imagine was a great start. 
Needy was another highlight I thought from the first part. It's just a call of, kind of talking about her flaws being in a relationship and like how she's very needy given the, the track title. Um, I thought there were some great har- um, vocal harmonies in here in falsetto. I know you, mm-hmm. when, when we briefly talked about this too, you'd mentioned the same thing. Well, and I mean, that's something that shouldn't be a surprise from Ariana at this point. Her voice is like the main power of what she ends up putting into all of these songs. It's what she kind of draws everything off of. And especially even in the very first song, Imagine, she hits the whistle note registers, yeah. which is something that we don't really hear in music anymore. Like Mariah Carey was all about the whistle notes, but then ever since her nobody's really done it. So it's kind of cool to have a vocalist using a not commonly used technique to a really, really good degree. And I mean, also on top of that, even just from a songwriting standpoint, Imagine kicks things off already kind of taking you out of the idea it's going to be a regular pop album because it's in 3-4 time, which, I mean, every pop song ever is 4-4 time. It's a four-chord song. It's going to go 1-5-6-4, I think, is like the usual combination. But this one's immediately in 3-4, so it kind of gives it that cool swing vibe that uh, that I got off of it. And like I said, it goes into the whistles at the end, so it was already kind of a really great performance and set it off on a nice on a nice note. Yeah, I agree. I, I loved Imagine. I thought that was a really great track. I also loved Needy as well. Another thing about Needy that I really enjoyed as well was the piano sample and then also the clap track which I know we've said in the past you're not a fan of clap tracks I'm, I can't say that I am either but I thought this was a good blend and a good mix and I really thought it just it, it played off nicely to a lot of her cadences and, and falsettos that she used on the song so I I think like, I'm off to a great start with this album and I really enjoy like a lot of it I, I will say this basically like the first six tracks I, I actually really love like I love NASA as well I think mm-hmm. that track's fantastic man like, well, I like I like the use of metaphors like that to kind of draw parallels between relationships and for the first time it doesn't really feel like they're stretching to make these comparisons mm-hmm. no like especially at one point in NASA she says something about how um like she really loves like that pull that her partner has but she has to distance herself from uh, from them otherwise she's going to crash and that's literally what happens if something gets pulled into a gravitational orbit like it's it's not like you're really having to stretch and bend over backwards to draw the draw these like two dots connected and i thought the instrumental was fantastic on here too it really played nicely to the again the, the um the theme of the song free where, flowing yeah yeah it was spacey it was ambient at first it had some like really nice vibes in there i, I love the hook as well i think the hook's super catchy which she has a lot of great hooks on this first the first half of this album she does a good job with that oh awesome man i I really really enjoyed that track a ton um i don't know if you have anything else to say about that track i think that we said when we were listening to it too that like what adds to the floatiness is that ambient sound in the background that i think sounds dead like basically any water level of like a zelda game ever (laughs) or any time that you see like the zoras so anybody who plays zelda you'll you'll know who i'm talking about like basically the fish people Anytime you go into, like, the Zora domain, it's very similar sounding to that, like, weird kind of wobbly note that's in the background uh, of the mix. Not that I'm much of a gamer in that sense, but I can at least, I can see the, <laughs> you, I can, you can see, see the angle. You can see the floating Oh, for sure. Oh, 100%. You know? But I, I think right after NASA is honestly where this album hit a fantastic stride. Dude, for the next few songs, same, bro. these are great. Bloodline, I think, is my favorite song here. I don't know about you. It's one of my favorites. Like, Bloodline, Fake Smile, like, Makeup, these all come up in the middle of the album, and, like, those are my favorite tracks. That grand horn section on Bloodline is... right in your face. Sick, man. It's awesome. You know me with horn sections. Like, I love this song so much. I... Even some of my students, because they were not making fun of me, but some of the girls were surprised. Uh, Shout out to any of you if you're listening to this. They were surprised that I liked 
this like album, or at least, or at least that, that song album. specifically. Like, I had a student of mine where I was like, "Oh, Bloodline, blah blah,", blah. and she was like, "Yes, like that song is like awesome too." And I'm like, "Oh, thank God that like that's the song that she's listening to, and mm-hmm. that that's the one she's pulling from this album." Because I, re- I really completely agree that I think that is like such a highlight it's just here. So catchy, and oh, then, it is, especially man. in like the end of the hook. Like, I don't know, it just it kind of delivers a punchline of like. You're gonna have to let this go. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, let this shit go. Exactly. Like I don't want you. I don't want anything to do with you. And I think that's that's like I think what happens when people break up. Like especially if you're in like a very either like a serious relationship or a relationship that was like going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Once you break up, you kind of get in this like rebellious mode. And I think that's yeah. where we we're, we're kind of starting to as the album progresses. Like it gets vulnerable at the beginning, and then she's kind of like, you know what, like. Screw you. She starts like, feeling herself. Yeah, she's feeling herself, it's right. She's like, all right, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Exactly. And not to kind of spoil the rest of the second half of how I feel about this, but I feel like she kind of goes from, like, the good girl trying to be bad. Like, that's the progression she goes with yeah. towards the end. And then it, but it, I start to buy it a lot less as the album progresses. Mm-hmm. Like, not to take away from this part of the album, because I think like, this yeah, is the really good part. This is the highlight for me. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, I, I think that um, Bloodline, like I said, is one of my favorite tracks. Really, not only just with Mariana, I will say this maybe of the year so far. It made it. it, it it's, got put it, into my playlist. That's like keeping track of my favorite songs. It so. could sneak its way on there. At like some we point might be talking me, about like, this song again. I hundred percent. And then I don't know if you. I didn't like Fake Smile as much. Um, I know. How did you feel about? So that? I actually really liked Fake Smile less for the like music aspects of it, which I guess is weird to say on a music podcast, but. I just really like the fact that she's finally, or someone is finally taking on this idea of how celebrities are always expected to kind of be at the like top of their game all the time. Like you see someone yeah. like Kanye have a mental breakdown, it's plastered on TMZ, every news station everywhere. Like they are so, people at the end of the day. Yeah, like then you know? so all these celebrities, and rather than getting kind of run through the media looking like an idiot, they just kind of put on a fake smile, a fake persona, and every time they're in public, you just see, ding, there's my smile. Mm-hmm. And so this entire song is her talking about like, no, screw that. Like if I'm upset, you're gonna see it, and I'm gonna let like you know that. I can, and I can certainly appreciate that from her for sure. I like I, I I agree with you there. Like the musicality of it, I wasn't as into. I didn't think it was a bad song though. But then Bad Idea comes in, and mm-hmm. that is another highlight. That's why my second favorite track it could even be battling with with Bloodline, because I freaking just love that guitar sample on there. I actually read somewhere recently that they're drawing some comparisons to uh, some Goitier tracks. I don't remember oh, Goitier, somebody yeah. that I used to know yeah, or whatever. whatever happened to them? Like, I don't, now, I don't know. now they're somebody that we used to know. And like, <laughs> I love uh, it. Great joke. Good oh, job. I didn't steal that from a meme. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. But uh, like that, like that song was great, and I actually definitely can kind of see that a little bit. Wow, I, I would like to hear some more music from them. I've never known how to pronounce their name. Like Gautier. Gautier, Gautier, yeah. Gautier. I, I, would, I would like to hear more music from Regardless, them. that's kind of a, a tangent I don't yeah. mean to go down, but uh, just, just just super catchy pop track, great vocal performance, and then the sped up vocals on the hook are really great, like, forget about it, yeah, forget about it, yeah. Like, I'm obviously, I'm not Gariana, I can't sing it the way that she does. But <laughs> that, when that came on, I was just like, oh yeah, like I bobbed my head to that, like, mm-hmm. in my car, I don't, even, I don't give a damn. Like, people see me, you know, 25-year-old man, bumping Ariana Grande, judge, yeah. I don't care. Exactly. That, sh- that shit's I'm fire. enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. That shit's it. fire. So, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. She's so, Ariana has me, like, by, like, I'm like begging for her, I'm like, oh yes, please give me more of this and then is for me man this shit takes a nosedive really really so right after that idea bro because i actually still liked the next track makeup i i didn't actually mind that one i think for me ghosting was where it started to 
like lose it a little bit not yeah. like lyrically but like the rest of the song because makeup i still sort of was like into and was nodding my head along to um basically it's all about like giving a partner a hard time intentionally could to like rile them up a bit and then mm-hmm. make up later so i just like how the song is quick and to the point it's kind of catchy and she realizes it's not a very deep subject to talk about like it's almost intentionally fighting with your partner like of course you're not gonna have a five minute long song that's gonna be uh, about but that. that's the thing i hate that sentiment though because like fair enough as just just being just being me i don't like when when i'm in a relationship if i'm in a relationship and or like you know hanging with a girl or whatever and she tries to just pick fights at me it's like mm-hmm. maybe like that's where i'm, I'm kind of getting a little resentful of this album because like i said it's like that good girl trying to be bad and I think like she really tries to play that and I guess again it's like her phase of her life where she's at she, she's single now she wants to like enjoy herself and like hey Ariana do you rightfully so I just I buy this but don't con- be toxic while you're doing it is yeah what you're yeah true and then but I also just in her I just buy this concept a little like less and less as like the as it progresses mm-hmm. especially when she really towards the back end of this album like rides a lot of those hip hop and trap trends yeah, it's like, like I never, Ariana. I never want to hear you rap again. Don't rap again. If you're <laughs> listening, you're not listening. But if you are, you're not. But don't rap again. Well, the end of the third verse in Seven Rings like was passable, but then just Jesus Christ, the first like two thirds of that track. Are... I cannot do with like the whole like you like my hair. Gee, thanks. Just bought it. Just like, bought it. Oh God! I like, see it. I want it. Yeah, I got it. Like, all right, yeah, you're Ariana Grande. Of course, you see whatever you want, and you got it. Like, we can't relate to that though. Well, I I heard that this song came out from uh, she was like on a shopping spree, basically with like yeah. a bunch of her friends. Well, and... she's basically saying that she's like almost a shopping addict in a sense. Like, yes, that's, that's some of the themes she's brought up. Like, yes, throughout absolutely. This album. I can't remember where it was. I think it was an interview or something with her where she said like, oh yeah, this is basically like I was out with my girls and I just saw a ring and bought it because I wanted it and they were like you should write a song about that that was like a savage move so I mean I guess it's writing songs for yourself like you write it for things that you've lived through it's just like I've never gone out and bought a hairstyle or bought myself like nice jewelry and rings so I just, I just we're can't we're also connect. men though so we don't we don't do stuff we like don't that do stuff like much. that so maybe we don't connect to it as much whatever yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that do mm-hmm. but well, and then right after that was "Thank You Next," which you already said, eh, like just can't really get into. Eh, just generic. It's it's gonna be this generation's breakup song. Like we already talked about this, yeah. like that and "Better Now" with Post. Like those are gonna be the two songs yeah. that when someone breaks up and they're finally like over them, and I'm doing air quotes right now so everybody at home can actually see these air quotes. They're over them. That's when they're gonna listen to "Thank You Next" and "Better Now." Like they're gonna put those two songs back to back over and over. Personally, again. I'm going with "I'm All Right" by the Brass Tracks and Arlamar. I mean, that's if you have good. T- taste in music that's the, that's the song yeah. that's the song you go with uh i don't like break up with your girlfriend i'm bored either like, another one of those songs is just like maybe maybe i was almost prejudging it before i even listened to the song because i locked listened like i looked at the track like what it was called and i was just like i already hate this song mm-hmm. i already hate it more than anything like yeah, the title's the cla- very off-putting very off-putting like classic like want what you can't have once you have it you don't want it no more like type mm-hmm. thing like not really a fan of that whole sentiment and like i just thought the song itself wasn't very good I to be quite honest, it's funny. I, I, the songs that are my favorite here are probably the cuts that won't get as much attention. Yep, they won't be like, like the radio the cuts. No, yeah. no. It's like her. It's, if I almost say her deeper, it's kind of she almost flipped this. Like her deeper cuts were the first tracks, and then like I felt like her mainstream tracks were all the very stacked at the very end, mm-hmm. which is fine for me because honestly, I can like honestly listen to this song, this album up to like maybe makeup if that, 
and like, and, I'm, then, and, then I'm, and I'm, I'm good. I'm just chilling. So, yeah. so at least you don't have to sift through some some garbage to get to the right. good songs. It's all right. kind of right up she, there, right in the front. For me, it's it's funny. She literally gave me the first six tracks I'm in love with, and then mm-hmm. the second six, I just kind of. Not every track on that back six were like terrible, but well, because there was still Ghostin, which like it's not a memorable song for me. Again, with like the actual like instrumentation and the vocal lines, but the stuff she's talking about on Ghostin was like pretty introspective for Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting her to be so mature to be able to realize that when she was dating Pete. I mean, she doesn't name him, but it's pretty obvious it's about her when she was dating Pete Davidson but then mourning over Mac Miller and like losing Mac and it's a really mature ghost but that was like the kind of the duality like they're the double entendre they were like a Mac being a goat like now it goes because he's you know whatever exactly like a ghost in her life which like it's that's that part is like definitely sad because yeah. obviously we were both Mac Miller fans. Like I, I'm a huge fan of Mac Miller, and that's a huge so, loss. Like, and that is huge, and loss especially for someone who yeah. was so close to him. And I mean, exactly. one of my theories is in that song uh, NASA, where she's talking about how she needed space from someone to get closer. I think she's talking about Mac and that she needed to like get some space from him, and probably was planning on at some point getting closer, like the song mentioned, which would kind of be understandable why she's so devastated when he passes because. Like yeah, she says in the song that she yeah. still basically like loved him. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a very mature thought to realize that when you're with somebody else, it's hard for them to see you mourning over like yeah. the ex. So but, overall, I mean, you have anything else? Well, you have anything else before you have, no. your, you have your best and worst tracks? Uh, so worst track for me is definitely going to be Seven Rings. It's just annoying. For Seven me. Rings, break like, up with I your girlfriend. I'm bored. Yeah, those so, are the two my my two worst tracks. Yeah, Seven Rings in my head and uh, Break Up with Your Girlfriend yep. were, were the three that I just highlighted in red. I just, I just don't want to listen to those ever again. Nope. nope. My uh, my favorites here. I'm only gonna list two. I would say are Bloodline for just like it's just so good. And I yep. know you're gonna say the same thing. Yep. And actually, Fake Smile. I I liked Fake Smile. I uh, I don't know. I I think it like I said before. It it really uses some cool ideas for the lyrics. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan. I'm going to go with Bloodline, NASA, and Bad Idea. Those are the three that I'll probably, like, take away from this and listen to very, like, frequently from here. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, like I said, that first six I, I enjoy. Like, I'll go back and listen to that. So, like, overall, I think she does a nice job of showing the duality of the personality, like, where she's at mentally in her life at this point. Um, I can appreciate the honest tones that she expresses throughout. And even, like, the more cringy ones, I can, I can at least appreciate them for like yeah like where she's coming them in. from with them. yeah i can for sure um and after like i said we like we talked about after all the heartache she's endured this concept and this progression it makes sense mm-hmm. of like where she's at in her life and i appreciate that and even especially when serious relationships end you know sometimes people tend to go for like the wild side like i said for multiple reasons so whether this be a coping mechanism for her or she just feels a little more free right now that's i mean that's great i'm, I'm glad that she's at least in a place where she's trying to just enjoy herself um, and take life a little less seriously. It's vulnerable. It's relatable in places. Overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a B, like an 85. And I and I, even though I hate the last half, I I love the first half so much. I don't I don't want it to cloud the the I don't want the back half to necessarily cloud how good the first half is. So I think it deserves that like solid B. If she had cut out maybe like the last three tracks, I'd probably be like closer to the A minus range. I was thinking the same exact thing. I I literally have B eighty five eighty six. Are you serious? As, as the grade that I gave wow. it, dude. Yeah. We are, we're killing it. We're killing it, bro. We this happened way too many times. Though. I feel like we're like <laughs> super close on like to the T on like the number. You know what yeah. I mean? Like even if you were like oh B like eighty three eighty four, I'd be like okay whatever. It has happened a couple different times now. It's, yeah, like in our short tenure so far. Mm-hmm. So anyway. 
Um, okay, Ariana Grande, thank you next. Solid Bs from the guys over here. Mm-hmm. Moving, so, moving on. So the next album we're talking about is the solo release from Offset, one of the, uh, the Migos trio. And, I mean, this is following uh, the other two solo projects from the other two. Quavo came out with one first, and mm-hmm. then Take Off afterwards. And, I mean, I don't know about you, I was just not a fan of either of those. It seems like nobody was really huge on either of those solo projects. The Quavo solo project had so much potential, and it was so underwhelming. It was it was really disappointing that it was that underwhelming, because I like Quavo. Mm-hmm. And I like Offset too. And I even even it's funny like Take Off the first track on Take Off's his opening track the intro I think it's called like The Martian or something like that. Like I mess with that track heavy. Yeah. And then but there's not a single other track on there that it I It almost seems like he like back blew all of his like energy on that first track. On that track. first track. And and then it was like, "Well, wait, I need to write five more songs now <laughs> <laughs> or like 10." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was another that was, was another like one of the long track. long yeah, tracks. The Quavo one I think was the longest of the three. It was an hour, right? right? It was over an hour or something. And Oh, the Quavo one. Yeah, the yeah, Quavo yeah. one definitely was. It was huge. And the the track I'm remembering that was this bad was the Madonna one. That was I, that. I might have just it, pushed that out of it. It was memory. awful. Like, the, the, I, there's not much from the Quavo album that I even really took away with and even go back to. So I, I had I don't want to say I had low expectations here because I, I can't sit here and say that. Uh, like I said, I liked either one, but I, I didn't want my judgment of the two of them to cloud what what this I was, was going to be. What this was going to be. So. How did you feel about this album? So I don't have as much to say about this because I genuinely don't really remember a lot of this album through my first listen. I remember putting it on and I remember having certain tracks that I like was a big fan of and then I had other tracks that were kind of like passing me by. But the ones that I found, found myself like nodding my head to and wanting to listen were just kind of sandwiched between other underwhelming tracks so they got lost in the mix for me so even unless I was like listening to it intently and writing down every name of every song I probably wouldn't be able to go back and pick out the tracks that I actually liked out of it Mm -hmm. so that was the only real issue for me is that like nothing really stood out I think that where you said you tried to go in without with like a clear head and without really any preconceived notion I think this is kind of my learning moment of I really need to try and do that too because when I went in I remember like okay I've never really been a huge fan of Migos so I don't know why it just never really clicked with me I wasn't a fan of those first two solo projects so I almost kind of prepped myself to be like all right I'm probably not going to be a fan of this so I think it kind of took away from the album so I feel like it after making this I want to go back and re- revisit it especially after hearing what you have to say about it I think so, this is the best of the three solo albums and I think it's I don't, I don't even think it's close like, see I, think I still he, agree with that though. I, I think I he blew the other two out of the freaking water man like uh, what Offset was able to do with this album in my opinion and I have quite a bit to say about this so uh, this is long winded I apologize but I'm all for it <laughs> with this album to me Offset was able to not, and he he said this in an interview as well, and I completely agreed with him. He there was like a fair amount of substance on here. He actually tried to be introspective here, and he in, in a lot of places it really works. And he even I think I don't want to quote him, but he basically claimed that he was done making bangers. Like he wanted to then make music. He wanted to make music mm-hmm. that had a meaning and had a purpose. He wanted to put himself out there, and and, and, and like I said, be be more introspective. And I think he was really able to do that here. Even like right off the first track, uh, the title track, Father of Four, like he talks about like the different mistakes he's made within, uh, you know, fathering the four children. I didn't know he had four children. I assumed, yeah, right. I thought his, his, the culture with Cardi was his first kid. Apparently he has four kids. And he just shows a lot of humility and like it's very respectable. I think that it's the, uh, 
the fa- father Rube or whatever who comes in on the on the on the intro of it. I love that like uh, like that spoken word that he does and how he like and basically he's saying like you need to like be better, you be a better person and um, I think he actually has like a really creative flow on this track. The gorgeous uh, piano sample really ties in nicely. Um, and then he talks about like there was one um, one line he says where he's like he talks about his uh, his daughter Jordan like I'm sorry I wasn't there for all your birthdays I, I tried but like I didn't do the I did these things in the worst way I think is like the the actual lyric I don't know if it's like off the top of my head but that is one of the few things I actually do remember from the album was that first track kind of going into his relationship with each of the kids yeah that's something that you don't usually get to see out of rappers like that you always right see off, that person right side. out the gate. So for me, like, I just, yeah, the personal side, you said, like, I just really, like, loved how he tried to bring in a personal uh, moment right off the gate. So I think it really set the tone for the album. Um, There were certainly a lot more, like, you know, I know he claimed he didn't want to make bangers. There were some, like, kind of, like, lifeless banger type tracks on here or, like, songs that were just kind of meant to be more fun Mm -hmm. um, in here, sprinkled in in here. So I don't think he, like, fully got to where he thinks he wanted to go but like his progression as an artist I think is is where like I'm most impressed with him and like I said the substance like and then even like the second track with J. Cole um a little underwhelming sonically but I still think it was a solid track like the J. Cole verse is a nice addition it's not like the best guest verse he's had here but like how did I get here like that sentiment like you know of you know what did I do to get myself in this position like kind of reflecting on that like I thought that was just really cool um, I know I'm mentioning that I didn't that I that I liked a lot of these more introspective tracks a little bit more, but one of the tracks I did really like a lot was "Tats on My Face." Uh, I had that like classic Migos sounding track, some cool mm-hmm. hi hats here, like the blend of the looping beat. Um, it's really catchy despite it not having substance. Like there was this one line he talks about like selling drugs out of his and being like, but also being like super paranoid about it, like. Out of, like and it's just the way he rhymes it was like it was like hustle 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 like putting the brick in the muffler and I was just like first of all that sounds like a really like that sounds dangerous like don't do that yeah like probably at not all the best idea. like yeah not the best idea but anyway so like I thought it was just kind of like funny to me um, and then the best track here in my opinion is North Star with CeeLo Green and I think it's just like super ambient sounding it's got a beautiful instrumental and, and CeeLo has like I think the best feature on the album. Weren't we just talking about CeeLo Green not that long ago? I feel like I remember his name coming up on one of the previous episodes, or even just like while we were talking, maybe before we recorded. I, f- I feel like there's something fresh in my memory that has to do with CeeLo, and I feel like I remember saying, like, CeeLo, where'd you go? Like, come back. Like, huh. I, I would love to have some, some yeah. more, like, vocal lines from you. So it's kind of cool that he's actually, like, you know, back on a track. He was, oh, he was great on that track, and I thought, like, he hit some great high notes, and he rides that, cine- like, the beat's very cinematic. I, this is probably my, my favorite cut here, for sure. Um, what else? Legacy, I thought, was another, like, one of those, like, more formulaic and redundant tracks that maybe, like, could have missed here. I think with, I think the one of the things I'll agree with you is this, even though this wasn't that long of an album, it did feel like a chore to get through it in places. Like, if he could have cut out three or four of these tr- tracks and it wouldn't, and it wouldn't have skipped a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of trim the fat off a little yeah, bit. Yeah. With Travis and 21 Savage being here. Like, the three of them to not do something a little more creative. Like, these guys all hop on each other's tracks, and they basically, I feel like they do the same thing on, their, on each other's albums. Mm-hmm. And I love to see them become a little bit more creative and do something a little different versus, like, this kind of cut-paste 
thing that they've it, it, just, it just feels like to me just well, cut paste well it, yeah, well it almost seems like they're all like I don't want to say imitating each other because they obviously still do sound different but it mm-hmm. seems like when they all get together on a track like you said it's the, almost the same thing again and again and rather than playing off of each other and constantly like bringing the other person up to like another level and making them kind of have to push themselves yep. to really put out something new and fresh and exciting sounding that it's like alright well this worked last time so let's just do it again yep yep I agree and then there's also a couple other tracks that again don't have as much substance but I really like just for, just for like the sonic appeal like I enjoyed it like Wow Wow West I liked that track a ton I think this beat was really smooth it was vibey Offset's flow I think the thing with Offset is I love how the way he flows I think that's like the one of the more engaging parts of him it's a big draw I just can't stand Gunna like I don't want to hear Gunna like, ever like, him either. Yeah. like get him off and then on Fleek was really cool because like the flutes were really uh, cool on that track Quavo comes in on, on, a, on a guest feature and I think he does a nice job and then the other only other track I really want to talk about is um, Don't Lose Me which is like the Cardi B apology how he cheated on her and all that I thought it was heartfelt I thought it was vulnerable definitely like a recurring theme here that I can appreciate from Offset on this album where like he just tried to be a little more vulnerable and give us some like actual subject matter here um, I wonder when that so, song was uh, was written in relation to the Grammys too, because weren't they uh, weren't they still together during the Grammys? They got back together after that, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they, that, the album came out like a like a month or so before. Oh, they around the same time Grammys actually. Yeah, because right. it would have been it would have been must have been within like a week or two of that. So, yeah, I mean so, the song was obviously recorded and true. everything way and before mass, then. Mixed it was just in the whole thing. production, yeah, post for like a while. So I don't know, I'm just curious, like when this was written, and then how long after that it was that they like ended up actually getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, I mean that's kind of my take on this album. I think there's a really lot of there's there's a lot of good highlights. There's definitely still lowlights, but I, there's still a lot of good highlights here that I, I really think that this is just makes this by far the best solo album of of the Migos that that dropped within like the count like not the calendar year but within like the last year or so because I know the other two were um, in 2018. So, uh, my best tracks here are Father of Four, for sure. Uh, North Star, for sure. Um, the single I like, too, actually, a lot, Red Room. I thought it was, like, very mm-hmm. ambient and, like, spacey and vibey. I enjoyed that as well. And then Tats on My Face, uh, just because I think it's a fun track. Yeah. I, I, whatever. I enjoy it. I bump it. It bumps in the whip. Hey, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to, not to take FIFO from uh, Dead End Hip Hop's little, you know, thing there. But it, it definitely bumps in the whip. Shout out them. They're great. By the way, um, and then the only other tra- the only tra- my worst my worst track here is probably Quarter Milli with Gucci Mane because the ad libs were super annoying. The beat was generic and boring, and it just like sounds done before. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely tracks I could have said that about. Like Legacy was definitely underwhelming, but um, yeah, like I said, it, it sounds mature. This sounds polished. It's developed. It's introspective. Uh, he's evolved as an artist. It, that, that's apparent to me. So I. This is this is a solid release, solid. Yeah, I think the only track that really stuck with me was North Star. A lot of that has to do with CeeLo, just because I've agree. always been a fan of his voice. I think he has such a cool sound. Um, so that's really the only track that like stuck with me out of all of them. Like I said, when I was listening to it, it almost seemed like there was a certain point where I wasn't noticing tracks change. So I I probably should go back and listen to this more in depth so I can actually get like a better feel for the whole thing. So you love the album is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be one of, <laughs> one of my favorites. We'll be talking about it on the top uh, top albums of the year. Oh, the top I... tra- you know, my first top 16 tracks are going to be the track list from this album. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, what do you got for Grid? So because uh, I do acknowledge that it still sounded decent while I was listening to it, I gave it a low C. 
71. So it's not a bad album. I didn't dislike it. It's nothing really like stuck with me. So it, this is probably one of those ones that maybe if I went back and graded a little closer, it would go. It would go up. I made I made some mistakes, but for now it's it's sitting at a uh, sitting at a 71. Okay, that's fair. Uh, not to be like you know do the same grade again, but I I'm gonna go with like 80, 84, 85 ish for mm-hmm. this. Like a, I think a solid B because I. I want to commend Offset for at least putting himself out there, trying new things, and then also um, like putting himself in his music and his story, his life, what's going on with him, the vulnerability, all that stuff. I really am glad that he was able to do that. So um, we didn't really talk about the Cardi B feature, which I'm fine with because yeah. it kind of was just like whatever. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. So yeah, I'm going to go B. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what do we have coming up next? So we're going in uh, in chronological order. I don't know if we ever actually specifically mentioned that we're going in order of release date. We didn't, but we said that on the January episodes. So oh, hopefully yeah, be able to January episode, excuse me. So if you've been paying attention, then, then, then you, you would know. know. <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention, then go back and listen to our other episodes, people. Come on. We have six other episodes. They're freaking great. I'm just, <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Um, anyway, the next track, uh, excuse me, the next album that we're going to talk about. I think we're both super excited for talking about this one. Yeah, this is going to be a, this this be a good is, one. This is going to be a doozy, people. Gary Clark Jr., This Land. This was this was awesome. Musician, guitar player, singer-songwriter from Austin, Texas. Most known for his song Bright Lights back in, I think it was, I want to say, 2011. It was all over. ESPN had it all over their NCAA football game day commercials. So that was like the biggest uh, track he's had in the past. And I know it's funny that was, so was I the one that told you to listen to this? Yes, you were. You you said like, hey, you, you had, gotta listen to this album. Because I knew you'd like it. Yeah, you were like, this is gonna be right up your alley. And then I think you specifically said, don't tell me what you think. <laughs> I did, I did. And we haven't, we haven't really talked about it. Although the only, thing we did, the only thing that did come of this, and I knew you were gonna like it because like maybe a week after that, you were like, bro, like Gary Clark Jr., House of Blues. He's like, he's playing next, coming next up. week. So we're, we're by the time we're recording this, yeah, next week. So we we jumped on it. We got tickets. So maybe we can even, on one of the next episodes after we see that we can briefly talk, talk about, about that show. I would love to be show. able to do that. So yeah. we're going to see that uh, next week. So I'm super pumped for that. And so yeah, and I'm really excited that you love this as much as you did this. So this album is freaking brilliant. Oh yeah, this, this album this is awesome. brilliant, man. Oh my god, uh, so much to talk about here. It's first off, it's just it's politically driven. A lot of it, like I just love the messages, like that he talks about with like racism and inequality. Um, it's passionate. There's some amazing vocal performances. We'll get into like some of the tracks we loved in a minute. Uh, and then the biggest thing for me here, though, that I want to talk about is it's how versatile this damn album is. It was so diverse. That's how like, many sounds did he bring in? I mean, holy crap! You got you got influences from country, blues, jazz, reggae, even some songs that have like hip hop synths included mm-hmm. in it. It's crazy, man. Well, and like there was there was one track in particular that was almost like a surf rock song. It, like the whole the whole instrumentation was like surf rock, and his vocals were like punk influenced. Yes, like, I don't think I've ever heard an album tra- like traverse through so many genres. Seamlessly, seamlessly, and and the fact Ugh. that it still actually sounds cohesive at the end of the album, even though it has all these different wide ranges of sounds pulling into one, is unbelievable. And I think it really kind of is a testament to how good of a songwriter Gary Clark is, because he knows what his personal sound and personal style is, but he can adapt it to anything that he wants. Oh, he this was just amazing, man. So I think we should start maybe with like the we have to start with the title track, the first mm-hmm. track, "This Land," because it's such a statement. Basically, this, so this, the title track, This Land, opens up this album. 
talks basically just about like racist people and him like being upset seeing like a black man become famous like him. I think especially someone especially as unique as Gary Clark Jr. because he's a he's a black man in that 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 plays rock music and that's not like one of those things that's like it's really super, popular it's, in the media. Like, it's not the stereotype. Yeah, you don't and see it that often. I'm so glad he's able to break down some of these stereotypes mm-hmm. and like show that like you can just be a person and enjoy certain types of music just who cares what color you are? You don't have to like, yeah. like or like, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you're going to be like able pop. to play some tasty riffs regardless of who you are. Exactly. You are. So I loved that. Like, um, the, like the sort of like the fuck you, I'm America's son. This is where I come from. Like mm-hmm. when people are like, go back where you came from. And he's like, no, I came from America. Like I born and raised in Texas. Like, and so it's just funny though, to me though, cause we're obviously from Boston. And so like, obviously down South, there's definitely a different, sort of um social environment yeah that everyone kind of grows up in. exactly so it's just nice to s- i kind of get that sense of what he's been through like some of the racism he's probably like had to endure mm-hmm. not that we're not like not that we're not that people claim that boston isn't racist either because i think there's just a different like sort of yeah it's different tones of uh yeah. of like racism i feel sure. i feel like down there especially from what he's at least portraying some of it was pretty upfront and right in his face mm-hmm. like if that if like that first song if that's an actual quote which I'm sure it probably is if someone literally going up to him and saying go back to where you came from like that's really it's tough to deal with that's like right. a lot that's a lot right. to be thrown at you and regardless of who you are so the fact that he's able to dive into themes like this and like this entire project is really great yeah it's great and then just musically though that guitar riff at the very end of this land holy shit that that was in oh my god it's just amazing so much passion there and just musicality is just incredible man when i I think his guitar playing is kind of almost the glue like how earlier i said that there's so many different genres but it still kind of stays together i feel like it's the guitar that holds it because regardless of the influences in the song there's one instrument present in every single track Mm -hmm. his guitar i mean obviously his his voice too if we consider that an instrument which probably should because of the way he uses it but like those two things are, I feel like the glue that holds all those genre influences together. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Another track I really loved was "Don't Wait Till Tomorrow." Mm-hmm. The synths were like that had like some really like cool synth like almost rap sort of style there. The bongos were really cool, but there was a catchy vocal. There was like a really catchy vocal sample on the back. I'm not sure if you caught that either. Like the like whatever. Like it was really like a high pitched. I'm, I'm vocal really curious sample. what it was. Too. I don't know exactly what it was either, but. I loved that, and then just like his again, his content here is just so great. Um, just the struggles of being like who you are in a relationship, and like coming to a common understanding within like the person that you're with. That that's just a difficult thing, like to sort of like kind of just say, hey, like you are who you are, I am who I am. I'm not going to change for you, and you're not going to change for me. And just accepting someone for like who they're actually presenting themselves. Right, as. and then can this work at the end of the day? I just thought overall, like this was one of like the more sexier and like groovier tracks here. So, like, when we're talking about just, like, how versatile, like, some of these sounds are, like, this was another place where, like, he had, like, that super, like, tough rock from this land, and then Don't Wait Till Tomorrow was a lot more, like, this, like I said, groovy, sensual type of track. So, I, I, I was really just a huge fan of that track. What is another track you liked? I mean, I, there's, I, I basically like every fucking track here. But. Yeah, I, there's not a single track I dislike. My One of my highlights was early on in the album with uh, I've Got My Eyes On You. Yes. And I feel like a lot of his slower and somber tracks were really ones that he hit nice strides on because it almost opened it up for him to have a lot more personality come through and let those influences, like, really kind of take hold. And this was one of those songs. He has really, really tastefully used falsetto vocals, which is something that I'll probably talk about a couple times during I think this. This might be his most passionate vocal performance on the whole album. Mm-hmm. One of, 
Exactly. And, and even with that passion, he knows when to dial the passion up and when to kind of turn it back and go with those really light, like what I was saying, like the light, airy, falsetto type vocals. He knows how to use like the difference between those two sounds so well. Because one of the big things in music is you need to create contrast somehow. You need to create some type of conflict so you can resolve that conflict music musically. And he uses his own voice to create contrast. He has really powerful grating vocals and then switches to the light airy ones yep. and it, it works so well yep that piano sample he added in and i thought added some dimension to that uh i thought the guitar riffs were like super groovy and animated on this track specifically and then he even added like some synths halfway through that i thought were really great as mm -hmm. well so yep. like that really kind of brought like just some more personality to the track i think it was right after like the first chorus right so yeah kinda, which shows it's like it, the song is literally progressing as it's even going on and the song is changing as you're moving forward into it I don't know about you, I think the catchiest track here, like the most, like, yeah, I don't know what to say, catch, the most, like, just glue of catchy. Uh, the most catchy track here is the Guitar, uh, the guitar Man. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. The Guitar Man's awesome. I love that song, bro. Oh, man. It's, and, it's great. And, like, it's great. going back to the sound of his voice, too, the way his voice sounds in this song is completely different than even, like, the ones right before. In the middle of the album, he had a lot of falsetto going on. Guitar Man, he immediately comes in with kind of, like, a deep chesty type voice but then immediately goes back to the falsettos in like the middle of the song so it's again just kind of relaying what I was saying with that contrast it's like great great contrast with his vocals just a thought here too that just popped in my head that you said that like I think if you didn't listen to this album if you listened to like all these songs in unison and you didn't like nobody didn't tell anybody that it was like all in the same album like you might not even think it was all Gary Clark like the same artist I was gonna, I was gonna say it sounds like it's he's bringing in different vocalists it sounds yeah. like he's but it has different bands it, it sounds like almost every track is a different band from a different time period. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's just so much here that I loved. I loved the uh, the horn sections on both Gotta Get Up and Feed the Babies on the groovy guitar licks there. Those tracks were amazing as well. I don't have anything to say about either of those, but those were two tracks I loved. Like I thought Gotta Get Up had like some of the more uh, like bouncy sort of... Uh, and like maybe like, si like 60s funk type feel or something yeah, like that. it was like, definitely funky. And uh, just the, the title of the track, dude, Gotta Get Up, like, it made you want to get up. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I hope, Gary, if you're listening, of course you're not. It's just, like, my thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Until you finally, all you gotta start listening. Well, though... Actually, yeah, we, there there was one. Now, now we can finally say, yeah. Owl. Shout out Owl. Yeah, shout out to Owl again for giving us the love on Instagram. Because uh, I think I gave them the, uh, the recommendation in one of our previous episodes... And they probably found us through the hashtags on Insta. So thank you guys for the love on, on yeah. that one. That was really cool to see. For not only listening to us, but then talk like, like taking the time to yeah, yeah, taking the time to like shout us out. I really appreciate that. So thanks, Al. Uh, hopefully other artists jumpsuit maybe potentially soon. That even mm, would be that'd cool. Be nice. that'd be regardless nice. of that. Anyway. Yeah. So dude, there's just like so much here, dude. Like so anyway, like I said, I hope he does gotta get up on on Tuesday, yeah, at, at the concert because that's I have a feeling he'll probably play play the album top most, to bottom. I that would be I wouldn't see him not playing almost yeah. every track off of this. Um, what else? Got to get into something I love too because I thought like I think that was the track you talked about with like that reminded me of some like two thousands punk rock, and then they mm -hmm. had like that had that, that woo like vocal sample in there that's kind of almost had that teenage angsty feel. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that was a really cool track too. Like, goddamn, there's just so much here. I could talk about this album for like days. And I feel like we probably would if we weren't restraining ourselves to 
making sure that we're not like running over time. But yeah, well, because uh, I think what what track was it that you were just talking about? Because got to get into something was another track that was like super surf rocky. That was Even the exact one I just said. That was right. that was one you just said. Yeah, the yeah. punk rock, with, and then it had like that teenage angsty feel. That's, yeah, that's the one. Like yep. like dude, it's it's surf rock to a T. Like yep. the, the way that guitar riff is layered, yep. it basically it makes me think that I'm not listening to Mr. Lou by. Uh, oh man, am I actually gonna forget? Ah, uh, it's like like Dick Dale or something like that like something Dale it's an old classic surf rock song called Misser Lou and the fact that I can't remember who it's by right now is you're really dating yourself here because I don't, I don't but, know but yeah I mean it, sound, it sounds dead like basically anything from that era or that genre of music I'll take your word for that alright being the musical genius well, you are <laughs> considering uh, that I can't even remember who it is might not want to take my word for it I mean but. whatever I, I, you, I, you know me I'll take your word for it <laughs> uh, Pearl Cadillac oh my mm-hmm. god I don't know why I forgot that one Slowest track here, but it was heartfelt. It was it had emotion. It actually had some like nice R and B and neo soul vibes. Um, like the message here is kind of just like to a lover, or maybe like a family member who've like supported him, like that he's like trying to make them feel proud. And then like the guitar solo is just so good. Like at the end, like and, oh man. Well, and one thing he does really well on Pearl Cadillac is it basically it almost feels like he's using the guitar as another voice because in the verses. He'll sing a quick little line, and then immediately in the open space, he fills it in with a guitar lick that's mm-hmm. pretty similar to whatever he was just singing. Yep. So you can almost feel like it's another voice in the song, kind of paralleling what he's like putting out there. And I thought that was done really, really well. Yeah, oh, that track's fantastic. And then even then he brings in like some reggaeton sounding uh, sort of influences as well, like on "Feel Like a Million and mm-hmm. "When I'm Gone." Like those hooks were also very catchy. Like the vibe was just fantastic on both those tracks as well. Dude, there is not like I don't have it. I don't have a gripe with this album. Uh, yeah, any any other tracks you want to listen to talk about? I mean, we basically talked about everything. Uh, <laughs> the the main we tracks that, that I loved were I've got my eyes on you, Pearl Cadillac, and Guitar Man, and like we already kind of those dove, are best tracks. dove right into them. So yeah, those will be those are my top three out of here. Those those were all very very solid songs. I had a hard time selecting, but like my best tracks list is so flung. Like I might as well just put the old album, but my best tracks are this. I know I'm not sticking to like a, a couple of tracks here. Like this land, don't wait till tomorrow. I got my eyes on you, feeling like a million. Feed the babies, Pearl Cadillac, and the Guitar Man. I could not pick like two or three from that list. I it's had tough. to include them all. The only track, if I'm gonna be negative, which I don't even want to be, at all. I'm gonna be negative at all. The only track I just didn't like. I don't think it's not even that it's a bad song. The Governor, mm-hmm. because it had like a more of a country vibe, and it just wasn't. I don't say that country. I don't like dislike country, but it's not like always my taste. And I don't think I think, but I still think he did this a well. Like this is a good song. Did. So not to say that this is a bad song because it's not. It's just not one of the songs that I will personally come back to. For me, what was missing, it almost felt like it didn't have his personal spin on it. Like, the rest of these songs, you could tell he took some genre that meant a lot to him, and then he put his spin on it, and that was it was just like an influence. Mm-hmm. That song, to me, basically sounded, sounded straight up like a swing blues song yeah. from, like, the 60s, very, like, Chuck Berry style, like, Johnny B. Good guitar. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't seem like he put his own personal flavor on it as much as the other songs, which is why it fell a little bit shorter for me, too. Like, that, yeah. I would say that would be my least favorite on the album me but too that, even that I feel bad saying because it least has a negative, negative connotation but well I think if you mentioned like least favorite because I'm not the yeah. worst track the least favorite I yeah. Think. yeah 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 so so overall I mean there for me this is no question that this is Gary Clark Jr.'s best project mm-hmm. it, it, it's not even close it's the most fleshed out it's the most sonically pleasing um, that he's done before and there's just so many instrumental influences all over this thing 
uh, just so many unique and interesting vocal performances here. Like this is just beyond entertaining. Like yeah. this is this album. If you guys just go, please go listen to this because it is just so. Even if you're not like a rock fan, like I can't sit here and say that I'm the biggest rock fan, but this album is just such an experience. It's so entertaining. It's probably I don't want to go on this limb, so I maybe need to sit with it a little bit more. But this is probably my favorite rock album that I've heard in the last like five years. It's no, really question. good. It's like, really really good. Or as long back as I can my, This is gonna be one of my tops of the year. I'm sure by the end of the year, if I'm not talking about this album again, I'd be shocked. This could like this is nearly flawless. Like for me right now, this could be my number one album of the year. Wow. And I and I I, I would I would be I would feel confident in saying that. Mm -hmm. It's it's up there. Like it might. It, so I gave it a 98. I gave it an A plus. I gave it an A plus and a 97. So, so again, we are right on that. Well, <laughs> at least, at least, at least, offset. There was a little difference. Some right. people don't no, think they were just the same person, <laughs> but, but but now we're right back on it. Because <laughs> you even mentioned some people claiming to you that like we even sound the same. Yeah, have like the same voice. In reality, it's just one of us, and we're recording two two different <laughs> voice yeah. lines and layering them over each other. That's why we picked a podcast and not a uh, not a YouTube channel. Right? Yeah, we, we don't YouTube have a vlog video. or anything. No vlog, right? Uh, yeah, man. I this is just like. This album's incredible. I am mm -hmm. so excited for this concert. That concert's going to be awesome. And House of Blues, too. One of my favorite venues in Boston. I so, think it is my favorite venue in Boston, so... See, I think my favorite probably goes to Paradise, but I'm not going to... I don't want to go down that, that rabbit hole. That could be a whole different segment talking about that concert venues That could be. That could stuff, be. So keep, Anybody your, that, keep your ears peeled. Maybe yeah. we'll talk about concert venues and where you should try and see your favorite artist. If you come to Boston, yeah. Yeah, or if, exactly. Or, or, if, or if you live in Boston. Yeah. Uh, all right, so going from, like, complete glory to complete, like dog crap oh, we gotta take a deep breath we gotta take a deep breath before this one low pump harvard dropout spelled though with an e and not an a harvard harvard with an e mm. all right ha clever pump um okay um where should i start yeah geez. the only song i heard this before i actually listened to the album was i love it and i absolutely Same. hate that i absolutely hate that yeah, song. i do not love it I do not love it. Sorry. Sorry, and, uh, Tank. I mean, he'll probably listen to this, and I know that he's a fan of that song. Tank. Sorry, bud. Tank, I love you, bud, but I don't know what you're talking about. That song's trash. Uh, so I had, like, super low expectations coming into this, and I think this was actually, to be honest with you, I hate to be, like, such a hater, but I actually think this was worse than I thought it was, than mm -hmm. I thought it would be. I really do. Um, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't go in expecting to like it, and it still let me down. Yeah. Can I say something really quick? I, yeah. it, it upsets me that kids are listening to this. Mm -hmm. Kids out there, like, I, I don't want to influence what you're listening to. Like, go and listen to whatever you want. But if I had a choice for you guys, like, do not listen to this. Like, he's just not a good role model, I don't think. Like, things he's talking about in here, the content, like, not going to school, like, doing a bunch of drugs, yeah. like, getting into trouble... Like all this crap, like I don't. Maybe he's just like clowning and trolling. Like, is that like the, where the day and age we live in? But like, I also feel like there are some people out there that will take this stuff seriously. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't, I don't condone any of this. Like, like this has some like just gross lines, like super off putting. Like, pop so much Molly, I think I damaged my brain. It's like he probably did. You pro like, like I would agree, Pump. You probably did. Like, yeah. don't do like, that. Wow, that's very introspective like, of you to realize what? that you are destroying yourself with with stuff like that. And I don't uh, know, like, there's something to be said God for coming damn. up with lyrics that are intentionally uh, like kind of gross and like off the beaten path. Like, I mean, that's what Eminem made his start off of. It was just these really crazy, outlandish like lines. True. That's because he did it well. True. It's because yeah. there was actually there was a bit of writing that went into it. They were clever. He wasn't just going out there and saying this ridiculous stuff for the sake of saying it. It was all to further 
like a flow scheme or to have like some weird metaphor or some story that he's telling and he's he not, can rap yeah exactly like it actually <laughs> like, has like he actually skill can rap it. this is just someone like having word vomit and then putting it it's over a bad. beat and then the other, another line I just picked put out because I thought it was that horrible was like that nut and eight bitches I got like eight babies line like th- there's just so much here that is just so off putting and so like just gross yeah. and just like please don't it makes you take... make the stank face but not for a good reason yeah like, like, so I like hope... oh I'm into this it's like know. I hope he's not serious with this I hope he's just clowning and I hope people don't take this seriously and see him as like a role model because like I said he's just not and it just like upsets me like maybe this just album just isn't for me like I but I just don't see the appeal of why no. it could be for anybody like mm-hmm. I'm sorry like there's moments where like they like, say like guys like 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 Lil Yachty for example mm-hmm. like I don't like Lil Yachty's music but I but can, you can see the appeal I can see the appeal. I can see his place in the rap game. Uh, guys like that, like who else? Something like a guy like Twenty One Savage, who I've actually come a long, come a, like, a long way on. To be honest with you, like yeah, I can see, I, I kind of like him now. Like he's yeah. he's grown on me a bit. Not to put all these guys in the same box, because I shouldn't do that. That's yeah. that's that's in, that's disingenuous of me to do. But I just uh, like his ad libs are annoying. Like there's just so much here that I can't stand. Like the opening track, like the instrumentals here, they're glitzy, they're annoying, they're repetitive. They all sound like something out of like an old like Minecraft game or like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I'm not I kidding. I if couldn't you, put my finger on it, and that's doesn't it? Exactly doesn't it though? Right. If you exactly if you put right. like I think he like sampled like Minecraft and Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm not I'm not kidding. I mean, I kind of want to. I kind of look that up right now. Like he because easily it sounds like he could have. He could have. Like it, this, the whole thing just sounds super amateur. Okay, and then another track like Nuh-uh. like that hook is so bad, and he rips off the Migos like Cardi flow like so terribly. And then he almost sounds like he's like sampling like an MRI scan or like one of those emergency tests on TV. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back and listen to that, like the the like there's like it's just like weird like yeah like a, like like a, a beep. beeping sound. Like dude, this is not good music. Yeah, this is awful. Like, like that sound was specifically terribly. designed to cut across other sounds so that's the only thing you hear. What makes you think it's good to put on a song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I I feel like I feel like before I listened to it, I really. I really did try to do a little bit of like critical thinking and shifting my perspective into why someone could like Lil Pump. What someone could find redeeming from Lil Pump, why they want to go to his music. And in his first album, I kind of get it that, or in his debut release, I shouldn't call it an album because it was like a mixtape. Mix tape. Yeah. Um, in his first mixtape, I kind of get it because it was someone who doesn't have a background in music. They didn't have all of this equipment. They didn't have all of this stuff there for them. They were just kind of making music they wanted to. They were saying whatever they wanted. The beats were really, like, grimy, and they had this, like, not lo-fi aesthetic, but this, like, underproduced aesthetic to them where you can tell it's not a professional doing this stuff. And that's one of the things that people kind of liked about him. It well, seems... that certainly sounded better. I, I don't really remember it too much off the top of my head, but from what I remember, I don't remember hating it nearly as much. as Because I did listen no. to it like years ago. And I don't remember listening, I remember hating it as much as I did this. And, and it's because it still had the only things that made Pump kind of unique and redeeming. <sighs> had like the redeeming qualities from him. So that's what people were looking for for this album. That's what I was looking for for this album because I wanted to get myself into the headspace of someone who would like this music. So I was looking for that energy. I was looking for all of that, just like being himself and not caring what he's saying. But now it seems like he's doing it on a formula. It seems yeah, like this first formulaic. album happened. It's formulaic. And now he's just trying to repeat that success. But because he has all of this money, a lot more production values going into it. It doesn't sound like a kid who's sitting in his room writing raps about what he wants to. It's He's not that anymore. He's a million dollar something artist that's going into a huge, like, 
a huge recording studio with people all around him to help him make these songs and it almost makes it sad that this is basically the same lyricism the same types of flows that we heard in his first album and i mean the beats are a little more cleaned up but that takes away from it because part of the appeal were the like kind of underproduced beats Agreed. in the first track. So it's like you have this person who's not a good rapper rapping over with lyrics that aren't good, rapping over beats that typically weren't good before, but now they have like a little production value. It just doesn't mesh. It doesn't mesh at all. Well, the one thing I want to go back to is something you mentioned. You brought up a ton of great points there, by the way. But one of the things you want to mention was his energy because I. I at least could give him that if he was expressing energy here and like there was like there was something positive to that but like you know, I don't even have like a track like stripper name like first of all shame on YG for even associating himself with this song because mm. it's that bad and the vocal sample sounds like nails on a chalkboard and pump has no energy on it like zero zilch none like the beat is barely even existent it's all over the place like I like there was no energy there and then on for show for show he tries to sound like a poor man's offset which like should not be a goal of anybody's by the way nope like no offense to offset like offsets you know you're doing off personally i think you're doing good things offset um and then the other track i hated too was ion ion yeah i don't even I know I, I, think, I, think, I think it's i think it's just supposed to be like i don't but whatever like, i don't even I don't, know. I don't even know you know like yeah, yeah. so all right so give something positive to him i thought he hit some like decent flows on this but the beat does not match the flows at all nope. and he's literally saying nothing of any value like he's talking about how he doesn't need school i don't need you i don't need school i pop beans i don't eat food okay I'm, buddy you need to eat yeah. first like you can't survive without eating and we don't condone not needing school in the turntable teachers like like, you, like that is our like like so if you like not that he's making music for us i think we just have to like accept that, that he's not, not making music for us, us cuz we don't condone not going to school in turn but but places. it's almost even worse Unless now you're gonna, like, because that means he's making music for basically our students and like i don't want someone literally saying like i don't need school i'm just going to do drugs instead being a main influencer in anybody's life i don't care who it is and kind of going back to what I said before about Eminem like yeah he said a lot of similar things but then openly would admit like nah I'm just joking around like you do not want it. and even had that song like don't, uh, what, what was the name of it where it's like don't you want to be just like me and it literally talks about oh, no, him like song. he basically like that's finally him saying like no this is like the downsides to this stuff so he he acknowledges he's not actually advocating for this stuff it's just fun to rap about Pump doesn't give me that impression. He it genuinely makes me think that he believes that you can pop or like drop out of school, do a ton of drugs, and you'll be like perfectly okay. It's like no, you got lucky and got a ton of money just kind of thrown into your lap. So you what about probably the other could be. millions of people that you know, unfortunately, whatever situation, like got addicted to drugs and like the, where they're at in their life. You know what I mean? It's just it's sad. I mean, like I mean, to glamorize this is just unfortunate to me. Like I all think. you have to do is walk around Boston. Like walk around Boston for a any little city, bit and, and get any city and you'll you'll see the effects of like, doing exactly what he's saying. Yeah. It just upsets me. So it just upsets know. me. So whatever. I, I at least I think we can just agree that this music's not for us and I I, I shouldn't even say it. it should be for anybody, but mm -hmm. whatever. If I'm not gonna sit here and tell people what they should and shouldn't listen to. That's not really the point of this podcast, but I just it, it upsets me that this is out there and that like because I think big. that it's like big, big and that kids listen to this. You At know? least I so. have heard a couple of my like when I, I was talking to a few students today uh, and it was the kid who I mentioned who had finally uh, like watched the podcast. So Sam, if you're listening, shout out Sam. And we were talking about what I was going to do on the podcast today. So I, I said like, well, I'm going to rip into Lil Pump and a bunch of them kind of laughed. So I think that 
they're actually a lot more on board with us than we realize. Because yeah. I think now they're especially starting to realize, like, hey, that, like, kind of, oh, he raps about, like, doing drugs. Like, that wore off. Because there's a million people who do the same thing way better. So now they're almost realizing, like, wait, this is trash. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, if I'm going to listen to music like this, I'm just going to choose a different artist. Yep. Uh, good sentiment. Um, do you have any best tracks? The only one... <laughs> no. You know? <laughs> no. Nope. I, try, I try to give one, because I said, I said Be Like Me, and I said the only reason for that was simply because of the piano sample. I thought the piano sample, that was, like, crazy dope. I love that. Um, but not enough to go back and listen to it. And Pump actually shows a bit of life on this song after, like, the snooze fest that I thought this, this was. And he rides the beat pretty well, and it's like one of the less cringeworthy songs. The content is still dumb. Like, nobody wants to be you, Pump. I'm sorry. And um, Wayne's feature on here is, like, passable. Worst tracks for me here. I love it. Drop out. Nuh-uh. Too much ice. Vroom, 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 which I'm not even going to talk about. Just If you want to go listen to a bad song, go listen to vroom, vroom, vroom. Just just, just do me, do me that pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, stripper name for sure as well. Um, do you, do you, are you just gonna give the yeah, whole thing? The whole thing. The whole thing is my least. Screw it. The track. whole thing. Whatever. Yeah. I, whatever. We are. We aren't giving him anything today. Overall, sorry, sorry, no shock. You're getting an F. Yeah. You're straight you, F. This is actually the first F we've had on uh, turntable teachers. And and it's a double F. So you know this yeah. is. I didn't even give it a number. I wanted to say like thirty, but like I think that's even maybe too much. Like I'm just gonna give you an F. Um, I never want to listen to this again. Mm-hmm. I have like it was really tough to find redeeming qualities here. Um, I have no interest in hearing anything from Pump ever again, too. You failed out of Harvard, air quotes, and now you've failed your way out of our class as well, Pump. Yep. You've failed the turntable, teachers, so congratulations. Can I just say, can we can we never review another Pump album again? I, I see no need to. Like, the first album had the energy there, so at least, like, maybe we could try and use that for a reason to listen to the next. But following this progression, you can only assume the next one's just going to get even worse and even more shallow. Done. So I'm, 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 I, I'm all set. I, I'm going to throw a hot take out there and say I wouldn't be surprised if we just don't see another full-length project from Lil Pump. I would really hope. I'd be okay I would that. really hope like for that. But Well, the, the amount of music that's out there right now, there's a million other different places to go for mm-hmm. music. Not You don't have to go to Lil Pump, so whatever. I mean, if anybody else, not, not to like... I mean, if you like Lil Pump, you probably haven't been listening to this entire rant, so... Yeah, you probably skipped right You ahead. probably skipped over it, which is fine. Or just immediately stopped listening, and so yeah. you're not even hearing us anymore. But so, that's which is fine. Thanks for the stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, no, that's, it's going to be a hard pass for me on, on, yeah. on, on Lil Pump. Lil Pump. Harvard F. dropout. Yeah. Not Harvard, Harvard. Um, can we talk about better music? Please, please. I need better to... music. I need to cheer myself up now or something. All right, Kalani's while we wait. <sighs> just Kehlani's what we needed. Just what we needed to kind of. Now I can take a breath. We're not angry anymore. We're not. I like Kalani. I like Kalani, and too. I like Kalani a lot more after this album now. Mm-hmm. Well, the only time I had heard her before were the couple features that she had recently um, on Vince Staples. Yep, there was the Vince Staples song. Where else um, was she recently? Yeah, she was on uh, a Cardi B song, uh-huh. and then she also had a song with that dude Kyle. Um, I don't know if you know him. Oh He's, my god! How am I forgetting about that? That song's a banger, huge. It has like two hundred something million. Girl, streams. Uh, you playing with me, dude? Kyle, I love that song. Kyle is like the best. I like Kyle. Like unknown rapper, because like he has Agreed. so he has Agreed. so many hits that are into the hundreds of millions. But I couldn't name a single one of his albums. I couldn't name any tracks aside from. Did you watch that movie on Netflix? I heard, heard it was on? good. I heard it was the really after good. Party? Where he like oh, pukes fantastic. on uh, whoever it was. Um, pukes on uh, 
Was it Wiz? Was it Wiz Khalifa or somebody else? It's Wiz. I think it's it Wiz. was Wiz. Yeah, he, Wiz. he's like on stage and pukes on him or something. I think it's Wiz was in the track. The uh, some, I think, uh, my moment or moment was yeah. a track like from the actual uh, the, the movie. Yeah, and Wiz was on it. I did hear good things about that. But it was a, it was really good. Yeah. Like French Montana was like they did a bunch of different artists. Like French Montana was in it. Uh, God, I can't remember who, any, who anybody else was in it at the, t- at, the, at the moment. But basically, what I'm saying is, I hope that Kyle has an album that takes off soon, so he's not just like the dude putting singles out there. Because I mean, what he who what else did he have? I Spy that was massive. Yeah, um, spy, that was that was him uh, with um, La, La, or whatever it was. Yeah, who else with, was in uh, that? With Liliati. Well, yeah, Liliati. So like, he's had a bunch of huge singles, but nothing really for a full project. Playing with me was was great. We came not to get mm-hmm. off the tangent of Kyle, but. Um, yeah, go go watch that movie, The After Party, on Netflix. Anybody that hasn't seen it, it's it's a it's a great great little flick. Like, yeah. it's pretty entertaining. What, what was your big introduction to Kaylani? Because I actually didn't realize that I, I had heard a song from her. There was a song that she released in 2015 with Chance, Chance the Rapper, called yeah. "The Way," and I heard that, and I or, um and I heard that, and I was a big fan of it, but I, I never. I never really like connected those dots until hmm. I was uh, listening to this album and I was looking for what else she was like featured on to see what I've heard. And all of a sudden, there's a song that I have and there's like the check mark next to it. Like you saved this. Wait, way like blew my mind that I had actually heard of her. Before. I don't think I've heard a full length feature project from her until this for sure. And then I don't think I even. I think I must have just heard her on a feature. Like I've heard her just kind of pop up when I put this one. When she pops up, I, I enjoy her. Yeah, and I just. I don't know. I, I really can't pinpoint the exact moment of where I kind of like, like found out about her music. Yeah, exactly. I I loved her on Tweakin' and playing with me, like you said, mm-hmm. Tweakin' on uh, Vince Staples' project. But going into this album, so I really wasn't sure like what to expect because I hadn't really listened to a whole Kalani album before until now and I'm man like I'm pleasantly surprised this is good this is good good quality music mm-hmm. like just off the bat I liked like it. it was really good the first track I thought was fantastic um, just jumping out the gate I thought it was smooth it was soulful um, what was that was that Footsteps that was Footsteps that was Footsteps yeah. and Music Soul Child who I hadn't heard in a while he pulls off a pretty decent feature and I, I thought the uh, the Omarion sample was really cool the Icebox sample I, I actually didn't even put you, my did finger you catch on that, that. wow yeah. good call good yeah. call because I used to love that song Back in, like, I think that came out when we were, like, in middle school. No. Okay. Yeah, that's, Omarion. That's, like, really I'm surprised practice. I didn't. Like, this icebox where my heart used to be. Like, that Wow. Old, I got this. She, right. she samples it on that song. I don't know how I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Now I can't wait to go back and listen for that, because yeah. I didn't even pick that up in yeah. my first listen. So, I really liked that track opening. It's not my favorite track here, but I thought it was a good... I was like, okay, all right. It kind of got us ready for the album, because there was some really crazy vocal wearing that she did. Yes. In that. And that's something that's like yes. a big, I feel like, a habit of hers, at least that I've picked up from listening to this album. And it kind of showed us right off the bat, like, hey, I'm going to have lots of vocal harmonies, and they're going to be like all over the place, and you're going you're gonna to like it. And I did. Yeah, no, this was fantastic. So I I did read somewhere that apparently this is like a she's claiming this as an EP or like a mixtape because like the, the probably because wa- it's how short it is, right, or something. Yeah, like that was one of the things I really liked about it. Actually, was Me the too. was the length. Um, and then I think she's claiming though that like since because like the the, uh, the title as well like while we wait like while you wait for my next like for the full, full length, length this is like to kind of hold you over. Um, hmm. What so I wonder if that, yeah. I wonder if that means sorry to cut you off but I no, wonder no, no, if that means fine. these are actually the cuts she felt were weaker because if that's the case I'm really looking forward to whatever we're waiting for if because that's the case that's gonna be fire she had, might have an A album in her. Oh, mm. not to give it away my grade I'm sorry uh, 
to I liked Too Deep a lot as well. That's like the next track here. I thought it was melodic, like the synths were super watery. Um, the breakdown on the hook was like super catchy. I thought, yeah, I, I love that track too. Well, and, and, and it, also, I mean, it's just kind of it's. Uh, so what you were just talking about uh, too deep, too deep is yeah, the, yeah. like it's something that I feel like is kind of relatable for people too because I feel like almost everyone every once in a while has let themselves get caught up oh, in for sure. I mean obviously she's talking about a relationship but it can kind of apply to anything like, mo- yeah. like and even moments you can kind of get caught up in them and not realize what you're doing and you let yourself get too deep and mm-hmm. yeah, that, I don't know, it's, it's something very relatable uh, yeah I agree and then I liked I hadn't seen Dom, uh, Dom Kennedy on on an album or even heard of him in a while so it was kind of good to see him pop up on there, even though I didn't really care much for that track as Me much. Either. But no, it was that was one of. But I hadn't heard him in a bit, and so it was good to see him. He like did a lot of stuff with, like Casey Veggies, like he was on, like all over like those older mixtapes, like like Live and Grow and like uh, all those old um, Casey Veggies mixtapes. That's where mm-hmm. I kind of got into Dom Kennedy. So uh, I think one of the one of the big highlights for me here is Morning Glory. Morning Glory was. I think my favorite track on this oh, album. Man. I, I think it. Did you get like a Lauren Hill vibe from that? Like from her? I did. I kind of. She almost reminded me of Lauren Hill here. I feel like in well in in the third verse she actually goes into just like rapping, rapping too, which raps, is yeah. which was super unexpected for me. Like yeah. when we get introduced to the album with all these like like I said the vocal layering and everything. I'm like oh this is gonna be a a vocal driven yeah. kind of like poppy type album. And then she hits that verse, and it it kind of blew me away, and like it, it really did give me that kind of older school, like maybe '90s esque sound. Had a boom bap sort of beat, mm-hmm. and uh, the funky electric bass sample was really cool. It like, almost made me think of, of like TLC, which is which is funny. Okay, so it was, TLC, like, it was like a TLC vibe, which is funny because I found out after the fact that originally they wanted to sample Waterfall in in that song. No kidding. Which is one huh. of the things that probably influenced her to rap in the way she did. Okay, that makes sense. And then. then at the end, she was like, "Okay, well, we're not going to use that sample." But then, like the rest of those themes, kind of stayed there. Makes sense to me. Then, yeah, I, I love that that track. Uh, another really highlight here for me was. Oh, do you have anything more to say about Morning Glory? Or? Well, I was I was just gonna say that I just really liked how she's approaching that like famous quote of like, "Oh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my yes, best." Yes. In in a slightly different way, because it's not it's not as like basic sounding. Because with her, she's almost literally talking about like she says like, "I'm taking my wig off, I'm taking my makeup off, I'm putting on like sweats and stuff." And if you can't handle that, then you don't deserve to like be with me when I got myself all done up and I'm actually like looking like good like we're about to go out so i thought that was kind of like a cool refreshing take on that of like if you can't handle the good night you don't deserve the morning glory mm-hmm. so that was that was really really nice wordplay there i dig, I was a I big dig that track that. big time like that was i, I would agree that's probably like my, my, one of my favorites here yeah, i was nodding my head right off the bat like that song came in i was like I'm, i know i'm gonna like this yep uh one of the other tracks that i think is definitely gonna like combat it uh combat morning glory was being my favorite is nights like these yep with ty dollar sign with ty dollar sign yep not that I feel so. I'll just get this out of the way. I don't think Ty Dolla Sign really adds a ton to this. Um, it, it's enjoyable, but nothing crazy. Yeah, although I do love his ad libs on the back end of, of, of the track. That yeah. was my favorite part. If he had just done that on on, on the chorus, mm-hmm. like and done the ad libs like that throughout the song, I probably would have preferred that Perfect. instead of like a sort of a lifeless like eight to twelve bar verse that Ty Dolla Sign had. So like that was really whatever for me, but. I thought I love the gradual build up to the hook here. I thought that was fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, super catchy on the hook, by the way. Um, and thought the lyrical component here was a bit interesting. How she's kind of going back with a potential ex or an old flame that she's having, or like then then like the reservations that she's having with it. But it sounds to me 
like she was talking about a girl. So that was really interesting. Yeah, it was hard, it the was girl, hard to pinpoint. Yeah. Well, I think what it was was the girl that she's interested in was going after a guy. It's like that was sort of the con- I that, didn't that's even pick up on that's that. where I got yeah. If you listen to the lyrics and if you even look, like um, look at them up, it, like it, it really she's referring to like you know the girl and saying like you know we had a connection here like not you didn't have you don't you don't have that same thing with him like yeah. you know what i'm saying so like Interesting. I, yeah cuz i i figured it was just kind of your standard song about like when you kind of get your hopes up about something and you kind of create a picture in your head of That's like fine. how it's going to go and then you end up getting burnt at the end of it and i mean there was even one line in it that kind of really like stuck with me was about when like you're putting the effort in for something and the other person isn't reciprocating exactly. actually said if i called you would you even pick it up would you pick it up and like that was the line out of this one that i think was like really really like driving that message forward of oh, just yeah. like having your emotions kind of toyed with and just being in limbo about this other person cuz you don't really know where you stand with them yeah yeah so i just thought the dynamic was like very interesting like, it wasn't like you're typical like love track like you went for somebody else I want you like just the dynamic of that I thought was like really really interesting mm-hmm. so um, and that kind of gives but in within doing that Keilani like kind of opens up a bit about herself and her sexuality which yeah. I think is fantastic in 2019 and like that artists are starting to really do that nowadays and I think that's Tyler, the creator. such a tasteful way of doing it too rather right. than having a song where I mean there's nothing really wrong with having a song that's basically like your coming out song or something yeah. like that but I feel like at a certain point it might almost sound like overplayed and like you're only doing it for that purpose. This was super nonchalant. Like yep. like I yep. didn't even pick it up. Yep. Like I, I'm going to yep. probably Go back and listen to it. up and like read over those lyrics. Go back. I'm telling you. Because I didn't even realize it and I like that because it's making it, it's not making it seem like it should be something That's that like is so... super like, oh, I need to call attention to this. Like, no, it's normal. Like, right, right. Exactly. It's not, it shouldn't be like, doesn't have to be super obvious or it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be this big of a deal. Because yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's just not. So it like... I am super excited that she was able to take that twist. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is just like I, I really commend Kehlani here for a lot of the like the the risks and things that she took here. Like, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan. Another track you liked? Any R- other tracks you want to talk about? RPG. Oh, RPG man. with the black with the black feature. Oh yes, huge that, highlight. That was another one of my favorites. There. Oh, so blissful, so gorgeous. Well, and uh, I really liked the trap style, uh, like hi hats. Yeah. Like there was those like really like qu- I mean I I shouldn't call everything trap style when I just hear a really quick hi hat run, but that's usually immediately what my mind thinks of when I hear people using like really really quick runs on the hi hat. That makes me immediately think trap. And it was like that only with like a grand piano behind it, Mm -hmm. which is again, Mm -hmm. going back to that contrast I was talking about before. That's such a cool contrast to have in a song. I think she hit some of her best vocal patterns on this song within like the whole project. Like I really, really liked this. And then her, her and black, I got some serious chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like if they did a joint album, I think it would be really, I would, really I would listen to it top to bottom immediately. Yeah. And we'd probably end up talking about it here. Like right Um, afterwards. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think his melodic delivery is like the standout of the like features on this album for me or mixtape EP whatever you want to call it. Well, it it didn't. I feel like sometimes features can almost feel like they dialed it in, or you can tell when like they recorded the verse at their own studio and then they sent it to the other person. His verse almost felt like he actually was there writing the song with her with from her. start to bo- start yeah. or start to finish because it all fit the message. Like yeah. all, everything he was saying fit the message of the song. Yeah. Yeah, so that was another really highlight. The other only track I want to talk about briefly was Love Language because I thought the xylophone sample was like really unique. 
sounding, and I love. Did you write that down too? Yeah, ha, I my first note. My Xylophone. I wrote the same thing, and I thought I think um, I like her rapping a little bit less on this than I did on Mor- Morning Glory, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the sing-song delivery on the back half is like crazy catchy. Like the wavy vocal samples on the end are like super like nice and blended really well and mixed nicely. Uh, Love language is a good song uh, song for me too. So I yeah. Well, and I think yeah. there's actually a lot of similarities between Love Language and RPG, not necessarily in the sound, but the content of the song. Because Love Language is literally talking about trying to learn the person that you're with's love language. Like, how yeah. did they yeah. like to be appreciated? How did they show appreciation for you? And how can you work with each yep. other? And that's sort of what RPG was talking about, too. Because in RPG, she is more or less saying that she, like, said to a partner that she wanted them to show more effort, but then when they showed that effort, it almost felt like they only were doing it because they asked. Exactly. So it's almost like RPG was talking about a relationship where they didn't know each other's love language, which I feel like might have influenced this song being written. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other tracks you want to talk about? Nah, no, Morning, Morning Glory and RPG were the two big ones that I wanted yeah. to touch on. They were, they were awesome tracks for me. Yeah, Morning Glory, RPG, Nights Like These. And I put Feels in there as well. I liked Feels just like I thought it was like spacey and trippy. Um, the melody on the hook is pretty great. So I thought those tracks were like the best here, mm-hmm. or like my favorites. Uh, I really don't have, I hate to say, I really don't have a, a worst track or like least favorite track. The only one was, I would... It was super quick. So yeah. I feel like there was no tracks that I sat there and was like, oh, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have put this one in the album. The only one that I, if I have to put one here, I guess Butterfly, because it's just a tad less more forgettable than the rest but it's still like a really gorgeous and smooth track so yeah. i i yeah i really have no gripes with this honestly Same. but what'd you give it for a grade um i listen this was a hard one for me tough. to grade this i don't like i i want to this was tough i'm interested in this um so i think that the, the length of it's per, honestly perfect i think the 30 minute mark like i think she hits that well she's charismatic she's got some really great vocal performances there's just enough of a breakup as well with the guest features like add some flavor to it and um, yeah, it's just a super enjoyable, like smooth R&B project. The only thing I guess my only gripe with it is just like her maybe getting out of like some different thematic content, maybe going and like talking more about something else rather than love. And like relationships. Yeah. I, I did feel that that was kind of the common vibe through all of this album. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's, ex- that's to be expected with an album like this, I think, though. Like... That's true. You know what I mean? That's like, true. so I I don't want to say like, say, let's say like a bad choice, but some different thematic content maybe I'm just being nitpicky at this point but I think some more thematic content thrown in would be would be like good for her well because it's nice to show diversity and that Mm -hmm. you have a lot more experiences to pull from than just like these love experiences yeah um so I'm going uh I'm, I'm gonna go with an 89 (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna go 89 like B like high don't even tell me you picked an 89 too I have a B plus 88 <laughs> alright well, wow. right, B, B plus 89 like it's just it's, it's I wanted to get I wanted to give it an A minus so badly and I almost I almost want to go back on it but I'm gonna stick with my 89 because I think it's just thematically it needed a little bit more mm-hmm but I think if I mean if this is like the precursor to her album like freaking forget oh, it forget about awesome. it forget about it awesome. it's gonna be I'm excited, so. Ugh. Wait, everything but Offset, huh? Yeah, Offset we just didn't <laughs> we didn't really connect there on, but the rest of these albums, we are, we are right, We're right there. there. And bringing up the rear, but last but not least, is uh, he was actually one of our Throwback Thursdays recently, uh, just because he had dropped the new album, and I, I just feel like he is so influential to this day and age, mm-hmm. and like... Especially the kids listening to a lot of like the the auto tune crooning music that's R and B and trap that's out there like, right now. They need to pay respects to the guy who started all of this. T Pain, mm. Teddy Pain. Uh, 
we got one up with his brand new project. So, all right. So, I mean, we haven't heard from T-Pain in a while. I think the last project he dropped was like around like 2016 or 17, which I don't remember. It's been a couple years, yeah. I don't remember listening to that. The only the last project I think I listened to extensively was Epiphany with like Bartender and like all those tracks. Yeah, back when he was still putting out the tracks that were like yeah. ch- top in the charts and everything. Yeah. What do you think? So one up. This this was so nostalgic for me. I won't yep. have like a lot to say about this album like track by track, but it was so nostalgic it basically brought me right back to like being sitting in the back of a high school class waiting for like football practice to come out and someone's phone goes off and it snapped your fingers and like when when southern trap was just dominating the airwaves or like a middle school dance it, oh my god middle school like dances like this yeah. just brings me back and he, he hasn't lost a step you know like all of no, these no. all of these songs are basically exactly what you would expect from T-Pain he's he is the king of autotune. He's the reason that everybody now is using autotune because they grew up listening to this stuff the way we did yeah uh, I actually one of my highlights just right off the bat was the, the opening track, the the title track "One Up." I thought it was yeah. like really blissful. It had some nice vocal samples, and I love what he was saying, like um, with like just basically kind of be braggadocious is like, don't even try to come at me right now. Like, mm-hmm. like I am the king of this stuff. Like I'm the king of this 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 trap stuff, this auto tune. Like, like respect where yeah. all this started, and it started yeah. with me. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. I think he writes the rides the beat really well. The, excuse me, rides the beat really well, and it's just like a really like catchy track. Uh, and his melody on the hook is, is just like classic pain. I, like I didn't had never heard the guy flip De Niro. Did he? I don't know about you. Did he give you like almost like? And I hate to like go back and like be a be like a um, victim of of like the past. But did he sound like Mike Jones to you? at all did you get that I, I don't know or am I, I like dating myself with so, that well so you might have you might have picked up on it and then like heard it more because I didn't hear it but I feel like now if I go back and listen to the album I'm probably gonna hear it let me know just like I'm confirmation bias will start kind maybe, of maybe, maybe, maybe maybe yeah I don't want to influence that but like I don't know he had like a sort of Mike Jones sort of I don't know I didn't find him that great either anyway either way but um, I thought the like three of the first like four tracks here were like actually pretty great and yeah, very nostalgic but the middle of this project's a total train wreck. Yeah. Like, for me. I don't know about you. Well, it, I feel like I can only handle the, like, auto-tuned songs for so long. And even if the tracks in the middle were really, really good, at that point I'm probably going to already be getting sick of them. Like... You ever, it, you ever heard him... That's to cut you off, I'm sorry. Do you ever hear him sing without auto-tune? Unbelievable. He's actually... He's unbelievable why, I don't understand what's singing. I don't understand why he just doesn't do that more. I, I, I know that's his staple, like, I get it, but... Yeah, like, like R.I.P. to the parking lot, like that was pretty cool. Like the boozy, whatever. Like get your roll on with Tory Lanez, I found to be pretty good too. Get but... your roll on. That was actually my fa- that was my favorite track. Get your roll on. That was that was yeah. uh, that That's was catchy really catchy. That was that was one that that was the first one that fully brought me back to the ringtone rap mm-hmm. era. I was like, oh, this song's great. I could have seen this dropping in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah, but uh, oh, there's some brutal tracks in the middle of this thing. Uh, Be your ex. Mm. Nope. It's my dog birthday. Nope. Like <laughs> it's just it's just so many tracks that like you could have cut these, man. You we all we got. Definitely nope. nope. Like all these tracks, it doesn't really pick back up for me until a million times. I thought the vocal sample on that was super catchy, and I loved a lot of this track uh, for sure. Uh, the choppy like beat was like really cool, and then I also liked all I want. I I thought it was like the crooning on that was really cool. I, I can't believe my my favorite tracks here were like these De Niro dudes. 
like Flip Dinero, Prophet Dinero, whatever the hell these guys' names are. And then shockingly, I don't like the end of it at all. Like with with Here It Comes and Go Talk with Russ and, and Lil Wayne. Like that Lil Wayne track's actually really bad. And that was really disappointing to me too because I saw like T-Pain Lil Wayne and I was like, oh God, you gotta be kidding me. Like this is this is perfect. Like we already were getting that kick of nostalgia and then here's another rapper who was dominating the scene back when we were in like middle school and high school. So I thought this was gonna be like the moment. Like this is, this, this is the song that really take me back and it just didn't really pan out to anything that I want to listen to again. It's on my worst tracks line. I don't know about you, but not to like jump there unless you have anything else you want to say about. No, it. I, I, I honestly, I already kind of had everything. I already said everything I had to say almost right off the bat because after after I had those few tracks that I was big a big fan of, the rest of them. I'm not gonna go back and listen to other again. Yeah. So I mean, overall, I thought this was like a decent, like nostalgic listen, and like it's listenable, I guess, for like some of it but um and he like he still at least proved that he like can make relevant music in 2019 so like i can respect that from him uh but there's just too much inconsistency and redundancy uh that keeps this from being anything like memorable at all yeah at all i probably would have preferred an ep over an lp if he could have dropped like five or six of these tracks so uh best tracks here i have one up million times all i want and then bet you get your roll on those were the only four that I think I'll like take away from this. And then the worst tracks for me were Goat Talk, B-Rex, and It's My Dog's Birthday. That song is trash. Yeah. So, yeah. The I feel like the first half of this album, or the first few songs, were the ones where they actually were kind of getting your head nodding. But oh, yeah. then, again, by the end, there's just not really much there that you're going to want to keep going back and listening mm-hmm. to. So, like, Rip to the Parking Lot, Get Your Roll On, those are the two that I'm probably going to save and play a few times and then slowly forget about. The rest of them I've already forgotten about. Right. Uh, great. I gave it just a little bit less than Offset. So Offset got a 71. This got a 70. Um, you know, C, a, a respectable C-, uh, especially for how specialized T-Pain's sound is. It's just, it's auto-tune. Like, I, I couldn't have really expected to give him much more than that. I'm a lot nicer than you. I gave him a 75, because there are actually some tracks I'll probably come back to, but... Yeah. Sorry, T-Pain. I mean... Thank you for giving us some decent nostalgic and memorable cuts, but yeah, nothing, nothing in the way of anything like groundbreaking. Yeah, unbelievable. So, all right, so that concludes our February albums recap. So quickly, you want to just kind of, I guess, go through our six through or one through six, starting at six. Like we'll rank these albums in, uh, and of course, more albums came out in February that we didn't get to. Obviously, we felt these were like the six biggest ones, the ones that we want to talk about the most. So, six, I think, would be no surprise. Lil Pump, Harper, Dropout. Yeah, Lil Pump. I uh, it was that was just. Terrible. Uh, five T Pain one up. T Pain. Okay, this is this is this 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 this, 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 this might be the same. This, this might be, this, this be. could match up. Uh, four. All right, I flip flop with this. Like I almost okay. I'm putting Offset at number four. Offset was my number four. The yeah. only reason I think Offsets was more consistent than my number three, which is Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Is that yours number three as well? Yeah, number yeah. Was Jesus my Christ. Three. <laughs> All right, so. The only reason why Ariana is a little bit higher than that is because I thought those first <clears> six <throat> tracks. were were so much better than anything Offset. Like, hey, put it this Ariana's highlights were much better, and there were there were more of them than Offset's, than offsets, high, yeah. offsets highlights. But overall, as a project, but was more consistent. Was more consistent. So I, I went with the better songs. Yep. That were made. So I went Ariana three. Yep. Same here. And then, uh, this is gonna line up. Right, Kaylani Kaylani two. Yep. And then Gary Clark number one. Gary Clark, of course. Thank you. So. That wasn't even a question. That was there like, was no he, doubt. Like he was number one for me by like nine points or something like oh, that. Oh, it was like, a long like shot. I went from eighty eight to ninety seven from total long shot. To him. Mm-hmm. So all right, 
Well, that concludes February 2019 albums. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you uh, for sticking with us through this episode. Please be on the lookout for future episodes. We got a lot of content coming to you guys coming up lately, especially you know with the spring and summertime rolling around. So we're super pumped. And uh, to to you know to, to, just again thank you for listening. Uh, again, Instagram, follow us, Turntable Teachers for all the latest with the podcast. Yeah. And um, we got what? What do we got? What do we got coming up for the guy for the people? We got February. so so uh, coming up next. We are going to be talking about a bunch of tracks that were all released in the first quarter of this year. So. Uh, January, February, and some that were re- released in March. Obviously, we're still kind of early in March, so we haven't had as much time to sit with those. But so that'll be the next one uh, coming for you guys to kind of round out this three-part series of like things that happened in February in the first part of this year. Yep. And shortly after that, we are going to introduce a, uh, a newer segment of Pass Fail Summer School, which I'm really excited about. Yes, me too. Um, yes, and me too. I think we still have to flesh out our ideas a little bit on this, but we're basically just going to be ranking artists on ones that we feel in their career get a passing grade, a failing grade, or some that need a little bit more work, so they're going to be going to summer school to kind of make it there. Yeah, so what we're going to do for that is we're going to basically bring in two artists. Uh, we're not going to tell the other person what those artists are. We're just going to put all the names and a slip of paper in a hat. We're just going to pull them out. And we're just going to have organic conversations about our general thoughts about those artists. And the um, the artists that we're going to be talking about could potentially be very controversial and um, you know mainstream. So we're really going to or or underground. So we're really going to try to bring in as much as we can with that. And as well, be on the lookout for some. Uh, for some potential guests coming on very very soon. It's true. That's true. We have a so. lot of people who want to kind of give their thoughts on all these uh, these songs, and they have much different perspectives than we do, which is always really nice to include because I'm sure that that makes it more interesting to listen to as well to get all those different viewpoints in there. Yeah. So, all right, a lot coming at you. We're excited. Hope you are too. Um, all right, look out for a playlist as well with uh, the top songs from these. Uh, basically the songs we talked about the playlist will be on Apple Music and Spotify as well mm-hmm. uh, for the, the best songs that we felt from these albums so uh, without further ado I'm Mike I'm Cody we are the Turntable Teachers and class is dismissed <laughs>